This is MC Fireside Chat, a weekly show featuring conversations with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and outdoor hospitality experts who share their insights to help your business succeed. Hosted by Brian Searle, the founder and CEO of Insider Perks, empowered by insights from Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of MC Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks. Super excited to be here for our third week campground owners focused show. And I haven't been here for two weeks. We took a week off for the first time in, I think, two years. And then my old co-host, Kara, handled the show last week. So I don't even know if I remember how to do this or if I was ever any good with it, but we'll try and see how it works out. Super excited to have some of our recurring guests here, Joe Dumeg from At My Community. We've got Whitney Hepp making her return here. You were on one show, Whitney. So we have, I feel like probably a ton of data to go over for KOA that I'm super excited to talk about. And then we got two special guests, Amy Camp Standing Pines and Scott Jenny from Magazine Jukebox. We're gonna talk about their companies and camp routes. And then we've got a new recurring guest who's going to join us here, Candace from Staylist. So let's do a little few introductions here, right? Like I think we we know Whitney. We'll give you a chance certainly to talk about lots of things, KOA. Um, we know Joe because he's been here on the show. Joe's from Ad My Community. Do some really cool campground apps and stuff. But Amy, do you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your business? Sure. First, thanks for having me. And I should check. Can you actually hear me? We can. Yes. Awesome. My name is Amy Badger. My husband and I are currently building Standing Pines, which is designed as an upscale RV resort and campground near Hartsville, South Carolina. We plan to open in 2024 with 108 campsites. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'd love to talk to you about that. We'll dive into that. Scott, you want to give yourself a quick introduction? Yeah, sure. First, as, as always, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Scott. You said Janny. That's okay. We I go by Janny or Janae. There's a long story in that, but most of my life, I was called Jan or Janae, and then my dad, unfortunately, he was dying of cancer, and he, we went back to his hometown, and everybody called him Janny, and I asked him, I said, why is everybody calling you Janny here? He said, he said, when I went off to the Navy, I didn't like Janny, so I just switched it to Janae. So I've been correcting people my whole life, and really, Janny's probably the correct way of saying it. But yeah, so I'm Scott with uh, Magazine Jukebox. We are a digital entertainment platform for commercial spaces, and specifically here for campgrounds. We provide digital entertainment with the QR code. And no downloading of an app, no, no need to give any personal information. Just enjoy video games, enjoy magazines, or enjoy trivia, all from one scan. It's really fun. Awesome. Excited to dive into a little bit more. And honestly, like I would have chose today probably too. It sounds like more eloquent than French. <laughs> Except we're not French. So that's the irony is that nobody knows that. To... You start right. talking past saying what your last name is, right? I gave my wife, I, when, when I got married 10 years ago, I said to my wife, I said, you choose for the rest of our lives. This is what would you prefer? And she said, Janae. And I said, then I'll just stick to Janae. But that's what, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. And Candace from Staylist, our new recurring guest. Candace, without selling Staylist. Yes. Staylist is. Yeah. So Staylist is a property management software, all in one platform. I happen to be the vice president of business development, sending knowledge between different platforms. Give us like, give us a couple one-liners on what, like what, why Staylist is a little bit different, right? Yeah. 
So Stateless is a little bit different because it is an API software, very much more tech stacked kind of software that allows you to interface between different areas, things like an iPhone effect versus maybe a little bit more of cumbersome kind of softwares that are out there. Awesome. Super excited to have you on the show again. Candice right. is a big yep. background. Marketing has jumped around from a lot of different companies and been in and out of the industry for a while. So I think she'll have a lot to, to offer our guests on a regular basis. So we have anything that we really want to cover here? Well, is also full-time for a while. Don't forget that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did she? I don't, I didn't know that. Did I oh, full-time, you said? Oh, yeah, full-time RV? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> when I was at Amazon, I was traveling around the country yeah. in my RV. Oh, all right. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I knew you were at Amazon, but... Ari, right, do we have anything big that we want to talk about, guys, before we get into... I really would love to dive into the KOA reports, honestly, because I'm sure there's a lot of data we've missed. It's been two months, really. It has. It has been two months since we've been together. But do there's things a lot that's come out. So, yeah, I could talk, but... I, I want to hear from everybody else too. We will. We'll go to that. I promise. So let's do, if there's nothing urgent, let's do, how will we break it apart? Let's, we have two reports or three that we missed? I think two. two All right. So let's start with the earliest one that we missed and then we'll break it up with talking to Amy and Scott and then we'll do the next one. Does that sound okay with everybody here? And then anything else that comes up? Data summit. Yeah. So the recent report, which is actually coming out tomorrow morning, which is the September report, really looks about how Labor Day happened for camping, which we forecasted correctly. About 73% of campers actually camped over Labor Day, which leisure travelers was only about 13%. I think the big things that came out of this month's report is that the fall and winter are looking to be extremely heavy for camping. We have never seen intent to camp so high, and especially for winter camping. So when we look at winter camping, we're actually seeing a, from a growth perspective about almost a doubling of intent. So it went from 17% to 32% of people intending to camp this winter. And why that's really important is because we always think about winter about snowbird camping. And this is a very different beast. And we're going to dive into this in later reports just to really understand who this camper is. But what we know is that of the 32% of winter campers, 63% would say this is their first winter camping trip ever. And it's very much correlated to the new camper segment that came into camping during COVID. So it's really exciting to see these new campers look at camping no one has before. And of those winter campers, they're looking for the top five experiences being a hut or lean-to in that backcountry setting, a hunting trip, staying in an RV, which is great for us, for those of you that have RV parks, and then camping at a location that has an experience attached to it, like a ski resort, a festival, or a sporting event. And why that's really important is it matches a lot of our early research that is all attributing the new camper to camping experiences. They're not necessarily camping like traditional campers who just went to go camping. They're camping as a way to experience other things. And so it, it's pushing into the fall and winter they're looking for an experience. And it's really exciting because 
we should see healthier occupancy across open parks during the winter. And remember, too, that winter in the South is nice. So it's not about all camping in snow because that's the first question is, how do people camp in the snow? All right, well, so, two, so two questions real quick. Sorry. Uh, one is the, the list that you provided of the order of the thing. Is that an order or is that just five things they're looking for in general? That is actually an order. They're very close. They're all in about 30% of people looking to camp, but the highest is backcountry camping, surprisingly. I would say if we were to dig in more, which we will in later in months, that backcountry camping is going to be focused in southern areas versus northern areas. And are you able to, just for the people who maybe glance at a report here and there or the owners and operators who, who haven't seen one on a regular basis, how do you guys define camping? Because it's a very, some of it's glamping and some of it's backcountry and some of it's hunting and some of it's private campgrounds. Yep. How do you define that for your report or does it change every time? It does not change and it actually encompasses all types of camping. So whether that's special forest camping, backcountry camping, cabin camping, glamping, we all consider that camping. Um, versus a leisure travel segment, which would be like your hotels, your cruises, your Airbnbs. Um, now, I know there's some crossover with how people are looking at Airbnb, um, but that it would be a very minute uh, area of crossover. Okay, perfect. Uh, I'm sorry, somebody was going to say a question, yeah. and I think you're up to them. Yeah, so, are there any, did you so far have you had any information in terms of where they're planning on camping in terms of north or south? When is one thing if it's impacting, they're building more resorts in Florida and Texas, and that's going to have a lot of growth down there? Or if campgrounds in the north have to start thinking about getting heaters and heating their water and being prepared for this um, um, experience? Yeah, those are, that's a great question, Joe. So we haven't, that's one of our attempts for the next couple of months is really defining some of this even more into detail by regionality and like expectations of the camper. What I would say is that a lot of the, it's both. It's yes and. So what we know is that a lot of these traditionally snowbird camps are getting a lot of requests for non-long-term. I just want to come down an RV for a few days or a week. Um, so it's not that traditional snowbirder that's looking to go south. They're just looking to kick. Um, and then we also know, and especially because we do have 500 campgrounds across the United States, that we have never had so many requests at campgrounds to stay open during the winter in northern states. So we're looking to dig in more because what I would say is there is a potential that more and more campgrounds campgrounds and campers will want to utilize those northern parks than ever before. Do you think that, and, and it's a two-part question, right? So is some of this, and I know that it, it's a loaded question, right? But is some of this related to the weather staying warmer longer in some places? I'm sure it is, right? But I'd see if you have a sense of how much, or at least at the KOAs. And then is some of it maybe related to people wanting to extend the season? Like in Texas, it was brutally hot in August and maybe they didn't get to go camping like they normally did. Brian, I don't know if the, you have perfectly led into last month's report, which really looked into weather and how weather is affecting camping. Because okay. we have had such major weather events across the United States, that hasn't been your traditional temperature or weather events. Um, people had fires in months where they never had fires, hurricanes in areas they didn't 
expect to have hurricanes. And so what we found out is that a lot of cancellations or a lot of trips um, were not being booked because of weather events. So people were holding off on booking and waiting till the fall for things like you're talking about, Texas being so hot, Maine being really rainy. There were all these types of things that were happening where people are pushing and pushing their camping trips, but they still intended to camp. What else we found out in that weather analysis is that people will, our campers are saying that as they move into 2024, they are actually going to be booking their vacations in different areas and could potentially be changing their booking patterns. So we saw the most change in areas that have significant fire events that people might not want to camp there anymore or would be sensitive to waiting way closer to the actual time they want to camp to book. Um, so we might see, and we will we'll keep watching this from a trend perspective, that people, campers booking windows are gonna get shorter and shorter. We already saw a little of this year, um, but that, that can be attributed to just the concern that I don't know what the weather is gonna be like five months from now, so I'm not gonna book. I can definitely understand, especially the fires, right? So my girlfriend's parents have a cabin out in Lake Shuswap, which it, we've had crazy wildfires up here in BC over the entire year. And we went up there for two weeks and I think maybe the third or fourth day in, the huge fires got within 40 kilometers of us and the whole lake in front of us, you couldn't even see 20 feet in front of you. And it was just terrible. And so I think I understand some of that hesitancy to shorten that booking window to say, I just want to make sure there's no crazy fire happening nearby aside right. from medication. And as revenue managers and operators, that's going to be really hard as you get nearer to those dates, feeling like you have to discount. But the reality is a big wave of people might be just watching the weather to see if they want to book. So you could be accidentally discounting to try to raise occupancy and your big push for reservations hasn't actually come yet. It'll be really interesting to see what happens this this year related to weather. Um, but what I think we can be really excited about is just what we're going to see in the next four months from a camping perspective. That's, yeah, that's really tough to forecast as an operator and figure out how to handle that. Like, Candace, do you think there's a software solution for that? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so as far as like weather patterning and things like that, is that what you're asking around? Yeah, or just a ways like the specific problem, right, is what we, is the owner operator might have that, I want to discount because I see my occupancy looks terrible, but like Whitney said, it could be right around the corner. Yeah, I would say that there's two different, twofold there. I think most of the platforms that are out there are going to be able to help you with maybe, so long as I've pre-established a, there's a weather specific insurance policy that can be placed out there. I think that would help. And then also working with maybe some of those, one of the questions I was going to have is, Stainless, our company is based out of Knoxville, uh, which was affected in 2016 from the Smoke Mountain fires. And so what we did see is that there was definitely that we don't want to be there. There's a lot of fires happening. There's press around it. But what we did see is that a lot of feeder states around us were starting to get kind of those people coming to them because it was still the distance in between. So I think it's twofold. I think it's about communication, writing up the right columns, informing the customer, whether that's two-way texting, email blasting, or even just having policies in place like the opt-in, almost airports, how you can like opt-in for that insurance policy. I think that would put a little bit of like validity behind a customer not completely 
saying I'm not coming, but kind of well, stating. And also giving them the insurance of a flexible cancellation policy too, sure. right? Yeah. If anything happens 48 hours before, 72 hours before, yep. you cancel with a $10 or whatever they charge you, right? A credit you know, system. Another thing with that would be like being a little more flexible on the fly. So once, once something like that happens, once a weather event happens in your area, if you have the ability to um, transition to a, a little more longer term, because what happens then is you have workers coming in. So it's a different, a different type of camper and different type of experience, but they have to go somewhere and they're traveling in RVs many times. So a lot of those areas um, have an influx of it and a need to house people. I think what's most interesting to me is like, we've talked about this in the past, but it's mostly been narrowly related to wildfires or a hurricane in Florida. And it feels, maybe it isn't, but it feels like it's more widespread hurricane and wildfires and droughts and right. They seem to be almost expanding and affecting disproportionately larger numbers of campground artists that need to pay attention to this, whereas it might've been more narrow, right? Just California. I think it was last year, two years ago, they had their crazy wildfires. Well, maybe they always do, but NBC has been bad the last two years, but it's definitely something that we need to maybe, I'm sure is KOA working on some education perhaps around that or conference or. Yeah. One of the things that I think from an education standpoint that all campground owners can really talk about is the insurance. How does insurance work with all these weather events that are affecting us? Because I do to that point, it definitely we're feeling like it's happening more. And in, not in the same areas that you would always think. Like California ex always has wildfires, but Maine having a hurricane, that doesn't happen as much. So like we're seeing some different states impacted by things we never saw before. The other thing is like an operational emergency. So those are becoming really important that we're focusing on training our own properties as well as working with our franchisees as how, when, do you have a plan already in place and are your employees already trained on it if a hurricane comes or if an evacuation for a fire happens? Not only for your own campground, but how in the local area, campgrounds are perfect places to help in whether it's the servicers. We even this summer, our West Glacier KOA resort was hosting firefighters on the back of their property. And I think that's an amazing opportunity that our industry can get back during these events, especially when it's not a time to bring in campers. Why not use your facility to help those who are going to make your local area better? So I think that education is more on how to handle the event and how to make sure that your campers are notified. When does it make sense to potentially change a cancellation policy? You want to take care of your people. So if your campground is being evacuated, probably don't want to collect cancellation fees, but people don't think about that in the moment. And so it's just being prepared. That's also one of the hardest things as an operator, right? Especially with a seasonal campground. If you take Montana, for example, right? If you're only open for six months out of the year or a Michigan campground or well, all of Canada, maybe, except for BC, it's also hard to balance that, right? And, and the right thing I think most people would say is to waive the cancellation policies. But if you're looking at your pocketbook, and saying, maybe I'm going to be out for the next three to four months at $10 sometimes makes a difference. Yeah. It's hard. It, like, it is. And I think one of the things that was in interesting is like the top three reasons for changing a reservation, changing, canceling your reservation due to weather 
was it's too hot. So heat is was the number one at 50% of campers said they would change a reservation if it was, it, or they did change a reservation if it was too hot. Number two was too cold. And number three was air quality. The very last one was rain. And I thought that was really interesting because campground owners are always talking about people canceling because of rain. Right. And it's really, it's not the top one. It's okay. not even top six. I wonder how much, how clarity, how much clarity people provide when they're calling owners to cancel. And they just say weather and people assume it's rain and maybe it's heat or cold. Or you ask people, how did you find me? Google, the internet. Really? It would help me if you could be a little bit more specific, right? Yeah. Or a self-reporting issue. Yeah. What? People think they might not cancel due to rain and then it's actually raining that week and you're like, ah, oh, it's not going to be that fun. I got a quick question. I didn't know if I'm supposed to jump in or not. Of course um, you are, yeah. So, yeah. So, well, just out of curiosity for KOI, so a lot of our parks that we work with, we do have, of course, weather insurances that are there, but also like credit systems. A lot of people going to some of these parks, me in particular too, I have like specific parks that I'm like, I want to go there. My family wants to go there. Yes, weather will happen, but there's a few parks that will just use credit systems or gift cards that will last throughout the year because Joe said just being a full-timer, I have, I have my rig, right? So I can just leave, go to a feeder state that's maybe couple hundred miles away, come right back once that's cleared up in the next couple of weeks. Is that something that you guys have put in practice as well or thought through? Yeah. So definitely I'll, the number one thing that we hope to train, not only our own parks, but any um, of our franchise parks is that no matter when, no matter what, whether or not, the first line when someone calls to cancel is try to rebook. So move the reservation. Hey, I get it. Your leg is broken, it's raining, whatever. What about three weeks from now? Or how about coming back in another year? Is save the customer and make it a, almost a win for them. Is let me get you somewhere else and push this out. But you save that customer in their reservation. So a rebooking strategy is our number one priority with any modification, any cancellation coming in. We don't have a rain check exactly policy. We have a wait list. We have the gift card, which we can do as well. But to your point, the last thing you want to do is actually cancel the reservation. So there's a whole bunch of things you can do before that we would suggest to our parks doing before, if you can, doing it before the cancellation itself. Because you'd rather have the 60, 75, 200 for a cabin than you with the $10 fee and lose them. Exactly. And back and all that. Exactly. If I could just chime in. So I'm a camper. We have, we just, my wife and I just purchased a 45 foot fifth wheel. So we're clampers. We, we take the house with us, as I like to say, but they, I posted this and I, one of the biggest ways that Amazon got ahead of, or got mass buying in um, early on was uh, taking away the fear of returns because people didn't want to deal with the returns. And so they made it simple. And what my wife and I have learned is that most of the like KOAs, we like to go to KOAs, assuming that now they can hold us. That's a whole different story now trying to find campsites that can hold a 45 foot uh, camper. But they, but what we've found is that most of them are very willing to move the reservation. That has not been an issue. And that really helps alleviate a lot of the fear and concern that we have with booking with anyone. In fact, sometimes what we've, it's been kind of neat work. If we had to cancel due to whatever the circumstance was, 
and we move it, then they let us know, hey, good news, the new week you booked is actually a lesser week. So you're actually going to still get a refund for 40 bucks or something like that. So sometimes that works. And then when it goes to a more expensive week, they just lock us in at the rate that we already booked and they're allowing us to rebook for that week. So then we're, so we're not paying anything else out of pocket. So I found that to, that experience to be really helpful and KOAs have been really good about that. That's the other side of that, speaking as a guest, uh, it wasn't uh, about a year ago that I was in Florida that a guest in the campground during a hurricane and I opted to stay. Uh, I wanted to stay because I grew up in South Carolina. I'm accustomed to hurricanes as weather events, knew what to do. I was very glad that I did as a guest. It was a great way to experience the campground in a much less crowded way. And then it was a great way to experience some of the attractions in Central Florida when not a lot of other people were around. So I would almost think as both a guest and a, an owner, there might be an opportunity to offer some guests who want to be there a different experience than they could get at any other town. That's fair. I think as long as you're balancing it with safety, right? So that's also a fine line you have to walk. Like you don't want to say, feel free to stay during the Category 5 hurricane and we'll do fun activities because no one else, right? But you know, I think you're right. I think you're right. There is definitely a... You know, when you're talking about too cold or too hot or some of the smaller complaints that don't involve life-threatening disasters, that there for sure is an opportunity there to take that and turn it around to somebody who might be willing to stay, right? Like we have, if you're coming to our parks for activities and it's raining outside, maybe we're going to move our activities indoors is a very simplistic example of that. And just communicating that to the guests and that might, if they just want to make their kids happy, they can still do that. Just not maybe outside during that first day or whatever, right? I assume that's what you mean. And what's funny about this, guys, is that we're, so we're leaving Friday and we're heading up to Williamsburg and it, right now it's calling for rain and thunderstorms the whole entire weekend. We know that's what we're about to go into. And I call it, so in, in my world, I call it the rainy days, D-A-Z-E. It's the rainy days of camping because it puts you in a daze. Like what, what are we going to do to entertain? And, uh, but we still go, we, this is our third camper. And it's funny because I keep. Anybody's watching this, they're seeing me smile or laugh because every time you guys bring up a problem, I just like, oh, I can relate to that. Oh, I know. I remember that problem. And and so our first camper we got was a small, very small camper and it was blistering hot. It was probably a hundred and six degrees out, humid here in Virginia where I'm at. And it was just, and there was no tree shade for any of the campers. It was just miserable. And then my son rubbed uh, lotion in his eye and his eyes were bloodshot. It was just like everything that could go wrong went wrong. And, and that immediately made us upgrade to a two HVAC camper. And, and then we enjoyed that one. But then you talked about it getting too cold and freezing. Been there, done that. Pipes froze. Had to go out and run to Camping World to grab a quick heater hose and hook it up and get water running again. And all these things that I can personally relate to. And, and yeah, and our first camping trip, what's funny is our first our very first camping trip was actually in all rainy weekend. And here we are getting ready to take our new camper to an all rainy weekend. So it's like a rite of passage. Like when we buy a new car, we order a pizza and now it's like rite of passage. And for the new camper, we're going to go into a rainy days. So this is interesting. We have two dynamics here, right? We have the RV industry who wants to sell parts and new rigs, who wants the weather to be terrible. And then we have private campground owners who want it to be good. So they know there's no cancellations. I don't know how we balance that. But yeah, I think they, I think they complement each other in many ways. No, they do for sure. Right. And, and I think this is interesting to me because this is a newish lesson that I had to learn. I went to, I've been gone for the last two weeks. I went to Iceland and 
when I was planning the trip, September is one of the rainiest months in Iceland. And obviously everything is outdoors there if you've ever looked at that country. And so I was very nervous, like it's going to rain the whole time. And it rained some of the time we were there and it was really windy a lot of the time, especially standing on top of a volcano or whatever. But we learned to appreciate the fact that you could still see, like you're standing next to a waterfall. Who cares if you're wet and it's raining? It's water, right? You're right, right? So I, I think that's one of the things that it doesn't apply everywhere, but it's really changed my perception on maybe you can still have fun when it's not beautiful sunshine outside all the time. And hopefully well, you have magazine jukebox, right? That I was just, I was just <laughs> say, you guys are all speaking my language. Like that's the all whole. All right, go ahead. Give us the magazine jukebox. All right, here, here we go. You want the elevator pitch? I, I got it. I've been prepping all day for this. So I'm excited. I'm just kidding. It's not an elevator pitch. It's an honest pitch. We, one of the things that we actually, campgrounds weren't originally on our radar for our company, really hotels, resorts, hospitals, you know, we're in over 4,000 locations and growing. And, and then it was, I went out camping and here I am using my, I get the perks of the company and I'm reading people magazine or car driver. And now we have games and trivia on there. And I, we're not trying to take away from the outdoor experience. We want people to have the outdoor experience. But one thing that my wife and I do with our kids is we use games as a way to lure our children back into the camper for nighttime saying, Hey, we need to wind down. It's time to start winding down. We need to get showers. We need all that stuff. We use games and that kind of triggered the idea of bringing games on. And my wife and I, one thing that we really enjoy when we go camping is relaxing on a hammock and just reading a good book or in this case, mag magazines. And, and that's where we're finally like this deer in headlights kind of moment. And I said, why are we not pitching this to campgrounds across the world and especially across the country? And and my wife said, I don't know, why aren't we? She tends to do that, which spars on me, like going into all this R&D. But so we, so I said, hey, look, this is a, this is definitely a product market fit for us. And what we've noticed every time we check into a campsite, they always hand us a piece of paper or something, but it's a map of the site or it's other QR codes that are on there, things that they can do, or maybe it's like your Wi-Fi login, if there's a Wi-Fi available. And I just said, we're such a simple fit that all we do is give them a QR code. QR codes are a geofence, so they only work in that facility. And that way people can enjoy entertainment on their phones. They already have their devices. They're not, people are not leaving their homes without their phones. And so then when you check in, you get to enjoy magazines, games, whatever. And for date, when things are unexpected, it could be somebody gets hurt. Like my, hopefully my mother-in-law is not watching this, but she took a spill on a bike and and choose her. And so you don't go out and do as much as you would do when you get hurt. And so it, it really catches for those moments that maybe you are just hanging around the camper and you just want to relax or there's something you want to read or do. And, and so it's just been a really a perfect fit. And then what was crazy is when, when I mentioned to our team, I said, Hey, we're going to offer two different flat or two different ways to, to purchase our product. And they said, okay, what's that? I said, the first one's going to be free. And the other one is going to be a premium and it gives more perks, of course, but free is free. We don't ask for a credit card. We don't ask for any, any payment information. And you literally get four magazines and two games and it's unlimited use for all your guests. And we geofence it still to your campground and location. Yes, we could geofence the entire campground. So it doesn't matter if it's five acres or 500 acres, we can geofence the whole thing. And yeah, and it works really well. It works great, in fact. And yeah, we're hoping that more campgrounds will pick us up. Whitney, I'm waiting for a call from you. I think this would be great for KOAs. But but yeah, so it's. I just think that uh, what we have to offer is is a great product. And I don't know if I can share my screen, but 
can share my screen. I can walk you, show you guys it, but I don't know if we can on We can do that. You can share a link to a, a, your website or a presentation in the chat, but I, I just have two awesome. questions for you real quick. Number yeah. one is, how does this number one benefit campground owners? In other words, is there revenue? Obviously it benefits them from having an entertainment aspect, right? But how does it, is there a revenue share? Is there something specific to their park? And then two, convince Joe that he needs to use this for his kids to get him back to the camper and I'll be a believer. Yeah, yeah. With all your kids, Joe, I don't know what entertainment they like, but, but I appreciate the challenge here, Brian. But yeah, first and foremost is on our free, so we call it our free program. There's no revenue share because we're covering all the expense. We're covering all the server costs and all that. So there's not going to be any rev share in the pre side. But on the premium side, which is only $40 a month, and we offer it to campgrounds for 50% off for the whole first year. So it's only $20 a month. And that's for the entire site, unlimited use. But they get two ad placements on our platform. So when you first scan, an ad placement will pop up and it will be able to say, hey, sign up for our uh, newsletter. Or it will say, go to our Google page and leave us a review. And, and so you're really catching people in a very happy moment. You're also catching them on their phone because they're getting offered some sort of entertainment. It could be a rainy day or it could be really blistering hot or super cold. Who knows? But so they get the two ad placements that can help drive revenue. And then we place ads throughout the, the remaining. And there's certainly opportunity for rev share. We are, we've, we've always had this stain in our company, which is, it's always great to get to the top, but it's really lonely if you go by yourself. So you might as well bring everybody with you. So we, we don't have a desire to, uh, to you know, have a 90% margin here. We're totally okay with the 10% margin. But we I really want to have yeah, Joe ask you questions because he's been sure. developing a really nice campground app for a while, which is not the same as what you're doing, but has a few crossovers. I think Joe would agree. So Joe, I'd love to have you just ask questions and see. Actually, I, I don't think I thought originally we might, you're not actually providing any, you said that campground hands out a lot of information. Are you providing that information for them as well? Or if it, you're providing an entertainment platform for them to go and see People Magazine and Time Magazine. Yep. Yeah. It's certainly the campground man. Great question. But yeah, so we actually offer the entertainment. So we actually, you have an app, for example, if the campground has a specific app, we actually integrate into their app. So they don't actually have to offer the QR code, but we still encourage offering the QR code, especially if they have a laundromat. Great place to put us because people don't want to leave their laundry and walk away. So it gives a source of entertainment right there on their phone. And there is a true thing, and, and Joe, I don't, I, I understand apps. I have plenty of them on my phone, but there is a true thing of app fatigue. And there's a lot of people that don't want to download another app. And so we help also curtail to that, but, but we certainly integrate. And, and as far as the, the offering, absolutely our QR code, the QR code is really just a, it's a UPC code, essentially. It's just giving you a direction. And so that they could have their own QR code that leads them to their website campsite can have it lead to their website and then we can be placed on their website and again it will only work while they're in that facility so th there's many different ways we work we're in quite a few like hospitals and hospitals use us a lot and they help us with like intake and because the patient experience is so important and so we help them with intake forms and that they can actually process through the intake form or a check-in and things like that and then what's also neat is sometimes people check in after hours where there's no one there to welcome you in and picking up your packet and it allows it to easily be placed there. And, and it's a very simple scan and enjoy. So I have a couple of questions, if that's okay. Yeah. Whoever, anybody and everybody. Go ahead. 
I'm thinking about this from my campground opener perspective, right? Sure. Uh, I can totally get, I, I did just a quick scan of your website, and I get this concept of a, a coffee house wall, basically, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, oh, you read my story. <laughs> it's a great it's, school, of course. That's hard, because uh, we didn't talk to Amy yet, so she's probably bored. I'm sorry, Amy, we're taking your time in a second, I promise. No worries. I'm actually curious about something for Scott. Having stayed at a lot of different campgrounds, some have great Wi-Fi, but that's rare. Yep. Mostly, internet is a challenge when camping. When I think about this and I think about QR codes, I think about a lot of places that I've been where it might have been great to scan and learn, but my phone wouldn't connect. Is there a plan to deal with that or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, no different than an, than an app in that situation. If there's no internet, there's no internet. We don't have a way around around that. They don't need a Wi-Fi to connect. They just need internet access. So if they have internet on their phone or from their camper, if they have Starlink or something like that, it absolutely will work off of all those. And I do understand that I've been in campsites where there's limited to no internet access. And, and I will say that, and Whitney, you could probably chime in more on this from a data side, but more and more people are are like me, business professionals who are trying, camping is our easiest way to really have a little mini vacation and still get work done. So providing a Wi-Fi in a, in a campground, I'm sure is top of the list of priorities for most campgrounds because they want that. But I also know that Starlink is doing a fantastic job offering internet access to a lot of people and campers now are coming more equipped with Wi-Fi. And here's to all you campers out there, if you have a Wi-Fi that works on your camper, just share it. Be kind and share it. You know, there's no Wi-Fi. Like, what is it going to matter? But I say that you security. I'm not security guys. Anymore. But but yeah, there's always going to be that issue. But one of the nice things about us too is the is when it comes down to the physical offering of a magazine. The problem has always been is let's say I like Car and Driver and Brian, you like Car and Driver. And there's only one Car and Driver magazine there before me, and I can't then. Car and driver's out. I can't access it. But with our platform, you could have a hundred people reading car and driver. It's always up to date. You don't have to worry about someone stealing the physical magazine. It's just, and also from an eco standpoint, it's very eco-friendly because we are zero emissions. We don't cut down trees and it works really well. Once they scan your QR then are they prompted and required to give you location? Yep. So great questions. Yes. We do ask for their geofence. We do want to verify their location because that's who's paying for or has requested our service. If we didn't do that, then someone would take a picture of the QR code, throw it on the internet. And guess what? Whitney, Brian, Candace, Amy, Joe, everybody would have access to People Magazine. And guess who would be calling me? Meredith, dot dash Meredith would be calling me and saying, hey, you're not supposed to be giving away our magazine to everybody in the world for free. So yeah, so we do have to geofence it. And also for those who pay for the service, think about it, they're not paying for that service for their the, the next over maybe KOA or campsite. They're not paying for them. They're paying for their site. So it shouldn't be mm -hmm. uh, in that case. But for those who don't want to give their access, which that happens, we understand that we immediately prompt a code that is un, unimpeded and it allows us, they have to give a little bit of information though. Like they may have to give at least where they're at. And that code, and we recycle that code every week anyway. So we, that's how we protect that it's not just a code that's being spit out. So they may get the code one time, but they have to come back there to scan the code in order to get that, that unimpeded code. So we understand the limitations there on both. Not everybody likes to give their location. All right. I want to talk to Amy and give her some time. But before that, I have one question. I want to play devil's advocate with you, right? Yeah. Why do I care about magazines anymore? Not just print. <laughs> if I go to carandriver.com and see way more yep. articles on there than your, why? 
I love that question. First of all, you're dealing, so most of the offerings that we have on magazines have restricted paywalls on all of them. The content that we provide is not something that's readily accessible. Now, there are certainly people out there that pay for magazine apps because they're magazine junkies, perhaps like me, or those who pay for audible books and things like that. We're, when, it, when it comes to finding the content on the internet, there are definitely snippets, but the average consumer has not read a digital magazine cover to cover. In fact, the last stat that we saw was like 85% of most have not read a cover to cover uh, magazine digitally. But the other component to that too is that it only meets the need of one person and it doesn't meet the need of the whole family. So you, again, may want to go and find something with car and driver. You have to get over paywalls, which they have paywalls everywhere. And so then you, good luck trying to get through those to find the content. And then on top of that, you have to, then you're asking your wife or your kids, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, they need to go find it as well. When everyone can just centrally scan one singular code and it works for all devices and they can all enjoy it. And also I'll, I'll tap into, I'll tap into this, our, our, our stats stand for itself. Uh, last year we had 91, uh, 9,100 users and, uh, by by midway through this year, we've had 35,000 users and we're expected to hit a hundred thousand users by the end of this year. And we're expected to hit almost a million users by the end of next year. All right. I feel like I could be tougher on you, but I want to talk to Amy. That's no, okay. It's, I like a good match. No, it's all right. I'm not, a, I'm not saying I'm a disbeliever. I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's all right. I all right. Let's talk to Amy. Amy, tell us what you're building. So we're building a campground. I'm curious, just almost want to ask for a show of the end. I know that uh, Scott has an RV. Are all the rest of y'all RVers as well? No, I don't work enough money to afford an RV. That is a lot. You get too much stuff I can always rent you one. Do you not have one for real? There you go. Good job, man. Oh, I don't have an RV. I've never rented up. I don't have an RV. Wild. I have one. RVs are so much fun. We picked up our first one several years ago when our little girl was small, and some of our best family memories are camping with her, watching all the silly, fun things that she did. Kids are a trip. So uh, after a couple decades of corporate life, my husband and I wanted to do something different. I'm originally from South Carolina, wanted to come back closer to home. So we had the thought of, like many others do, buying a campground. This was a couple years back. There were not a lot of great campgrounds on the market at that point, And those that were seemed to go very quickly. It was not about building one instead. We started looking for land, found a place here about 15 minutes from Hartsville. So we're about 35 minutes off of I-95, 35 minutes south of I-20, about almost 90 acres. And Whitney, I'm not sure if you would have known him, but Hunger Staves, Staves Consulting, did our Everybody knows Homer. Homer is awesome. They did our initial feasibility study and design. So Scott, you're with 100% fit in any of our sites, the smallest are 50 feet long. We're really designing, trying to design for the park of the future. We've got a good mix of pull-through, back-in, cabins, glamping, and even some tent spots, because I do think that in this area, tent camping is going to be popular. I was really particularly interested at the top of the segment, some of the reporting on experiences, because that's a key bet for standing pines. Uh, we are spending more money than I want to think about in developing really nice amenities for our guests. Everything from a uh, resort-style beach entry pool with bubblers and fountains and wet suntan loungers to the pond and the fishing. And I think before this thing is open, 
My husband's going to convince me to go ahead and put the pickleball court in somewhere close to the miniature golf. I love it. I love it. Hopefully, you're right. It's all about the experiences. The key learning we've had in the last several months is really being a part of our community. The comment was earlier that the KO Park that allowed firefighters to stay on property while they were there to help. You're like, that that hits home with me because I think that's an important part of being part of the community. Just started doing some conversations with some folks around town. Uh, three parcels behind us, five-minute drive. There's an organization that does horse and dog rescues. So they offer trail rides and horseback riding lessons to the public for 35 bucks an hour. So we won't have horses here. We'll have a good connection to guests who might want to go in for the first time ever book the ride on a horse or just go pet one. As a lot of kids have not done that. And Black Wildlife Rescue is nearby as well. And I believe that they may be willing to work with us to bring some animal ambassadors on site. I truly hope that the reporting is right and it's all about the experiences for guests because that's our key bet. It is all about the experiences, right? It's not even, you don't even need reporting for that. And the, and the thing is, is that the experience is such, the word experience is so loaded. It goes from the, here's a warm chocolate chip cookie at check-in to a free coupon for an ice cream going for your kid, all the way up to really luxurious glamping experiences, right? That, that people charge five, six hundred, seven hundred dollars a night for. Experience is a loaded word, but that's always what, does anybody disagree with me? I think that's always what it's been about. It's just different to different places. Yep. The, the customer experience is a lot of that took a back seat. And I think what's interesting about COVID is that COVID taught us a couple of things. One is we needed mother nature more than ever. We knew, we learned that mother nature was super important. We've always known that, but made it come. And the other one is a sense of community. And for us, like with camping, that's how that's, it was just so important for us to be able to get out and go camping even during that time. And it really hooked us. And, and I'm just thankful to have campsites, Amy, that me and my family and my kids can go to and that they, and, and I've always, what I've noticed about campsites is I like amenities, but I like amenities for me and my wife and, and our camper, like at our site, but I want amenities for my kids because that's really, we're there to wind, get them to wind out and be exhausted. That is our goal. By seven or by six o'clock, I want them ready to pass out by seven. So that way my wife and I can go out and have a, a cup of wine and, or a glass of wine and just relax by the campsite, listening to some music and not worried about the kids anymore. That's like our three hour window, seven to 10. That's us. But so giving, letting the kids be able to wind out is super important. Okay. Joe, do you agree? Is it seven to 10 for you too? Or is it eight to 10? Or- we put them in bed at eight and we work until midnight. So it's just eight. Oh. No, come on. Then they'll rest. That's- I'm the exact same. I think a lot of women make the decisions too on the travel planning. And I know that one of the biggest things for me specifically, especially with my family, is just that memory base. So as long as I know it's clean, I'm making memories with my family. It's something I can look back on. I think that's when you're going to get that loyalty really built in and that branding. So exactly what you're going after. Also putting in that element of that really like philanthropic kind of feel to it too. I think you're going to attract like the right people. I mean, that's what's yeah. really about the industry is that every park is a little bit different and it's intentionally made to attract that person. So I think you're on the right path. I'm, yes, Candace, it's, it's funny you should bring that phrase up. The tagline that we're thinking about trademarking is discover memories together. Amazing. So, yeah. That's what it is. Women are, are the primary purchasers and the decision makers. They're constantly researching. We enjoy that process of it. Not to say it's always women, but 
for the most part, we're, we're over there making those little bookings and stuff. And I think if you just really example whatever it is that you're trying to take in there, you're going to have that loyalty, that recurring, even maybe generational reviews. That's where it goes. Candace, that's 100% crap. My wife, she just sends me, she'll be like, hey, by the way, we're going camping this weekend. I'll be like, all right, when do I pick up? When do you need me to go grab the camper out of storage? That's the- Get up, guys. Dewinterize it. Let's go. Let's go have yep. fun for the kids. I don't care if it's rainy. Yeah. Just scrabble in, in that park might be- 100%. 100%. That's, we got a toy hauler now, finally. So now we have a little garage to play in. So I'm yeah. trying to figure out how I can make a half, a half pipe for skateboards back there or something like really just- destroy things so that's what me and my boys do okay so, so you're looking for a campground with the pop track that would be fun for them to play with absolutely yeah there's uh they, we've we've been to some great sites and we've been to some rough sites and uh like candace said clean oh my gosh way to hit the nail on the head there clean so important spider webs one of the worst things is like when you have to you're using the the amenities and all of a sudden you use the bathroom, you're taking a shower and up in the corner is this massive spider. And you're just like, all right, is he going to jump at me? What, what's going on? The crazy thing is I used to, I my wife, she, she would laugh at me, but I used to own a pest control company back in the day. And I hate bugs and rodents. And it's always funny because she was just like, hey, there's a bug. I'm like, you kill it. I don't want to mess with it. She's yeah. So clean is so important. Absolutely. Well, in this conversation, one of the things I've actually never thought of and never seen is a site being advertised as like a kid-friendly site, one wrapped yeah. around the playground, which that kind of could that. work as one of your sites because we that's where we prefer. With six children, if we can just be at the camper and let them play on the playground right there, that is that's awesome for us. Near yeah. the playground? Near the playground or wrapped around the entire playground? Like you're, yeah. <laughs> your kid is the playground for everyone yeah. else. You wrecked them Definitely, if you had a couple friends going with you, one of the yeah. site types you'd enjoy are quad sites. Yeah. Uh, we have three others who go with you, and then you've got the whole little private green space. Mm -hmm. We'll have some things for kids to do there, but also that's, I don't know, one of the things that really appeals to me about campgrounds is it feels like overall as a country, we've lost some of the safe spaces for kids to be kids. And so the thought of contributing and giving back the place where it can bring, your family can have fun and it's safe. That's truly appealing. But only yeah. if you're at the site that's wrapped around the playground. You've got to yeah. be there. Right. Otherwise, right. Otherwise, you don't. Those are yeah. access to the playground. One of the other, again, going to the same thing, one of the amenities are and should, like, always move someone to the top of the list just because my children absolutely love it is the Lazy Rivers. Over a yeah. full any day. That's what they just love. And anytime we probably been to not that many, four or five different campgrounds with Lazy Rivers, and they'll spend their entire time. These two. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting, I saw this happen. It was up at a Jelly and up in the, called the Chickateague Island. If you guys haven't read the book of the Chickateague Ponies or something, it's really neat read. But they, what they did is that they put, they encouraged a water park company to build next to their, their campsite. And then they partner with giving gifts. So Amy, as you're building that out, you may not have to fork out the bill. Talk to a water park company that may want to build next to you. And then you just partner up. That way you don't have to take on that liability either. One of the uh, criteria on our list for where we were going to be was that we have to be within 15 minutes of the family attraction. So we're within 15 minutes of Neptune Island Water Park in yep. Darlington County. They have a really nice lazy river. I, I spent a lot of time floating on that river this summer. <laughs> Speak, you're speaking my language. I'm ready to go. Here we go. 
where can I find a lazy river? One other thing too that really, I guess just for me, like when I'm traveling is I really like having a camp store. I know that sounds ridiculous, but having just like firewood, ice, like just knowing that it's right there, there is something special about being able to give the kids like a couple of dollars and just that kind of old country store feel. That's something that's very nostalgic too, that tends to bring in a good amount of income depending on how you're inventorying things. But that's just simply something to keep in, in mind, even if it's very limited. Um, it just kind of has that little memory touch to it. It also brings the adults to be lazy too, right? So that's yeah. for yeah. Bring back the I just say bring back the quarter bubble gum machines. And the kids throw a quarter in there and twist and a piece of bubble gum comes out. Bring those back. Those are, I do that. There's a store that was called Easier Times, I think it was. And I was like, man, I if I owned a campsite. I would just mirror what they're doing because they just bring back everything from the 50s, 60s, 70s. And my kids, they, they love that stuff more than this modern day stuff. So it's, I think it's a cool idea. Camping is nostalgic. I haven't convinced my husband yet that I'm still trying for one of those like whiskey barrel, sit down and stare down at Pac-Man games. You remember when Pizza Hut when we were kids? Mm -hmm. I totally think we should get one of those and put it in the Welcome Center by the snack bar. Kids love things. arcades. Kids love arcades. My kids just love going and playing arcades. Right, so you want treat. them to do that while they're camping is the thing, right? So this is... I, I want them to go do everything. That's We pick out like, hey, Thursday night is arcade night. Friday night is movie on the big screen outside. Saturday is go ride horses. Sunday, like, we always try to pick out something big or something fun. And they... And you don't sit... You're at an arcade for maybe an hour. What... What do you do with the other 18 hours of the day that outside? Well, Joe and Stan, I was thinking as Joe were talking earlier about that magic hour of getting the kids to bed, right? Mm -hmm. We are working on, and in fact should publish later this year, the first illustrated storybook for Standing Pines. It's Rascal Raccoon Takes Responsibility. Those will be available in the camp store, but it's 100% an illustrated storybook that's designed for parents to have fun reading to their kids because that's one of the things that my husband was a designated reader most of the time when my daughter was little, and now she reads to him a lot at night. So it's really a cool family experience. Oh, cool. To just... All right, I it's think really great. we're running out of time here. We have a couple minutes left. I think the easiest thing from what I'm hearing is the retro entertainment for the kids, right? But you could just yeah. build like a machine that drops like one of the, remember the gumballs that used to go around the thing and the kids would have to watch it for like a minute and a half before it would actually yeah, come at the end. If we just build one of those that goes through the entire campground, so it takes them like three days to follow it, and then it keeps busy, it gives the adults time, but then at night, it'll just drop it through the skylight of the RV in their bed, so they're inside and ready to go to sleep, yeah. and then just solves all the problems. Yeah. yeah. Amy and Scott, you're new to the, these thoughts. Candace, welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate it. That work. We can work. Amy, can we build that? Can we? Yes. Should we? No. Oh, <laughs> you always on my ideas. All right. Any final thoughts before we go? No, just congratulations on the park and businesses. Yeah. yeah. Great success there. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate, appreciate you guys having us on and look forward to working with many campsites. Where can they uh, see more about Magazine Jukebox? Uh, yeah. MagazineJukebox.com, NeedMagazines.com. We you can find us on all social channels. I'm very active on LinkedIn. People can find me backslash Scott MJB. 
I do always encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn. And other than that, you probably find us in local car dealerships, hospitals, and soon campgrounds. Amy, where can they learn more about what you have going on? I assume it's campstandingvines.com. It is. Welcome to everyone. And the Facebook page is growing. We will not open until 2024, but that page is growing rapidly and is a great place to learn about all the things to do in the local area. So it's, it's more than just the campground. Awesome. awesome. Again, thank you so much for inviting. Go, this and, is wonderful. go and Candace real quick. Where can they learn more about Stayless and my community? Okay. Yeah. So with Stayless, the best way to get a hold of us is at stayless.com. Where you can find me on LinkedIn, Candace McNamara. Just straight up me up there. But yeah, anytime you guys have questions around anything with the industry, we're always happy to help you. And for myself, mcmeany.com. It will be in all upcoming shows, Arvick and coming up in November. Are you going to have me glamping show, Joe? I'm going to glamping. Joe, I will see you there. We're at glamping as well. So stop by. Is that because I told you to glamping, Candace? It, it's 100%. Yes. That's done. Yep. I want of all sales during the glamping. Mommy might be COO too. We'll bring you some merch. That's a different Well, Thank you guys. I appreciate you for another excellent episode here of MC Fireside Chats. Had some great conversations. We will see you next week for our RV industry focus show. And take care, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of MC Fireside Chats with your host, Brian Searle. Have a suggestion for a show idea? Want your campground or company in a future episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Get your daily dose of news from moderncampground.com. And be sure to join us next week for more insights into the fascinating world of outdoor hospitality. I know. I think. I think.